We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio. I'm Walker Wildman. I'm your host for today and every day here on the show. So glad to be with you. AFR.net's our website. AFR.net's the website. That's where you can find out more information about the show. You can also listen to the show live and listen to past shows there on American Family Radio's website, AFR.net. You can also subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just type in AFA at the core. You can subscribe to the show on multiple platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Android devices at the Google uh, Play Store. You can also subscribe there. So we got all kind of avenues uh, uh, for you to subscribe to AFA at the core podcast. So we uh, ask that you'll do that. We are also live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube. Just go to the show page on both of those platforms, Facebook and YouTube. Go to AFA at the Core show page, and you can watch the video live on those platforms. So you can't say we don't offer a lot of ways to keep up with the show because we we do offer many ways to keep up with the show. Jumping right into uh, the show for today, we're going to have my brother Wesley Wildman. He joins me each Tuesday and Thursday. He's going to be in studio next segment. And uh, right now we're going to jump into the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 4 is where we are this week. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call him, be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep for you alone. O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So two highlights there. Verse 7, you have put joy, more joy in my heart. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. That's verse 8 there. Uh, So that's a little bit of encouragement from Scripture, Psalm chapter 4 today. Um, Jumping right into the news of the week, um, you know the the new thing is um, the new thing to do for uh, the God haters. The new thing to do for the people who hate um, America. The new thing to do for people who despise um, Christians around the world is to shame them. And and this is not a new play. This goes back to the times of Jesus. This goes back even before Jesus and much of the Old Testament, before Jesus' life here on this earth in human form, let me clarify. Um, 
So the the hatred for God and his people has been around since since creation. And since the fall, there's been this strife between God and man um, that has been evident throughout history, throughout world history. Um, so this is not a new phenomenon. This is not novel. And um, one of the ways it is taking its place and taking form in this country, and this, this can happen to Christians all around the world. I mean, there's persecution in, in virtually every country. There's some form of persecution against the body of Christ. But in, here in America, how this has taken place is, is there is an there is a an active, ongoing, persistent attempt and effort to neutralize the body of Christ to make us less and less effective. And, and one one side of this, one angle, is that Christians just need to be disengaged. You get this you get this narrative not only do you get this narrative from the world but ironically you get this narrative this belief this this uh this disengagement mentality you can even find it within the church yes you can find it within the body of Christ and it's this 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 idea and this belief this worldly view that that Christianity is supposed to be clean <laughs> Christianity is supposed to be drama-free, that, that living for Christ is supposed to be easy. Uh, you're not supposed to mingle with the world when you're a Christian. And so what it does is it, it, leads, it leads believers to run away from any type of confrontation, any type of confrontation, any type of debate, any type of disagreement, anything that seems dirty, worldly, like politics maybe, uh, uh, many Christians, they just completely pull their hands off. They go, oh, no, no, I can't do that. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's of the world, all right? And, and it's this, you have to detach yourself from Scripture to take this path, but a lot of people in this country, a lot of, a lot of people who say they're Christians, they take this path. I mean, you just look at how many people who profess to be Christians, and that's what we're going by here. God knows the heart, but I'm talking about people who profess to be Christians. You look at the numbers of, of, of people who profess to be Christians, and they are completely disengaged. And I'm not just talking about the ballot box. I'm talking about church attendance. I'm talking about discipleship making. I'm talking about um, uh, raising a God-fearing children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I'm talking about stewardship, uh, dis- completely disengaged from stewardship. Um, and so there's this, there's this belief that you can say, yes, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ for the eternal remission of sins. But you look at the works all around, and you completely see the opposite. You see nothing that resembles salt and light. And so one, one, one struggle that the church in America is dealing with is having a whole approach, W-H-O-L-E, a whole approach to living 
a God-fearing, God-centered, gospel-centered life. And we, we have to stop compartmentalizing our faith. We, as, as the body of Christ, we have to stop saying that, well, we, we exercise our faith and we publicly express our belief in God and carry out his desire and his purposes for our life, you know, over here and over here. But when we go here, you know, we really can't take our faith there. No, the gospel of Jesus Christ should compel Christians to exercise and to display salt and light, godly values, wherever we are, wherever we are, whether it be at the workplace, at the ballot box, at the church building where you gather. Uh, We have to carry our faith and be salt and light wherever we go. Um, To play off of this discussion, um, the term nationalism has really been drugged through the mud. And we've been talking a little bit this week about definitions and what things mean and properly, you know, keeping the integrity of what words mean, such as what is vaccinated mean. So we talked a little bit about this, but when you look at the word nationalism, you know, I even hear um, Christians that say, you know, we just don't need to be nationalist. We need to be focused on the gospel. Well, that's true, but, 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 but some people are talking about nationalism as if it's a sin. And we had a guest on here back several months ago, and uh, it was actually, um, it, was either, it was either Rick Green or David Barton, but I, I can't recall um, which one it was. But anyway, we talked about nationalism and what, is, what does it mean to be a nationalist? And there, there, there's, there's a lot of, there's a false belief out there that that loving one's country is not Christ-centered. That loving one's country is not gospel-centered. And that can't be farther from the truth. We can love God and want to obey His commandments and also have love for our country. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Now, of course, God's word. And God himself should be priority in our lives, but that, that, that applies to everything. That applies to everything. Um, but nationalism has really been drugged through the mud. And when you look at the definition of nationalism, the definition, this is from Merriam-Webster, but the definition of nationalism is a feeling that people have, a feeling that people have of being loyal to and proud of their country, often with the belief that it is better and more important than other countries, that is the definition of nationalism. You, you go to um, uh, another definition in Merriam-Webster, loyalty and devotion to a nation, especially a sense of national, national consciences, consciences. Uh, that's another definition. Um, but but we, as, as believers, we really have to fight against this this negative talk of nationalism and this constant, you know, badgering of anybody who dares to pledge allegiance uh, to America. Because you, you, you take America and you, as, as a Christian, you disengage from uh, American culture. You disengage from 
American life and influencing America with godly values and the gospel of Jesus Christ, you disengage that. America continues to go the way of the pagans. America continues to go the way of the world. America continues to go the way of so many other countries and nations in world history and ceases to be a beacon of hope for so many people around this world, um, then here we are in 50, 100, 150, 200 years from now, and future generations will be looking around going, man, you, you remember in, those, in the history books where, where America used to export 85% of the world's missionaries? Christian missionaries. Remember when, remember when America used to export 85% of the world's missionaries? Or, you know, you remember when, when America had, uh, had this thing called a First Amendment, and Christians actually were able to publicly express their faith in God and share it with others freely without government persecution, government intervention? Or uh, do you remember when, when America actually valued dignity and valued work and valued work as God values work to where, you know, if you build something, you can actually have your own ideas and build a company and, and earn a decent living and have integrity about your work. Remember that? Remember when the, when the state didn't own every company in the, in the, in the country? I mean, imagine those conversations in a hundred years from now, or at some point in the future, and the, the question will be, you know, where was the body of Christ? Where was Christians that are supposed to be living out the gospel in all facets of life, where were they when the pagans were taking over one of the, not the, one of the greatest countries, one of the greatest nations in world history? Where were they? Well, they were twiddling their thumbs. They were sitting over their hands. They were bashing nationalism. They were saying, well, we're too good for the politics. We can't do the politics. It's too dirty. It's a dirty business. My prayer is that when we look back throughout history, that the church is not known for being disengaged from the world. We need to be in the world, but not of the world. And we need to be engaged using scripture, using God's word to guide our lives. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The city lies four square, its length, width, and height all equal, 1,380 miles for each dimension. The city's wall is 216 feet high, 12 gates around the city, with each gate made of a single pearl. Streets of gold so pure, they're translucent. No need for a sun, God's glory lights the city. No tears, no pain, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Just like Esther, your girl was chosen to exist for a time such as this. And what exactly is this time? Our world is in chaos and desperate for the refreshing water that only the Lord will provide. In the noise of the time, God may seem so far away. But despite the voice of God being sometimes difficult to discern, we know that He remains faithful. Our nation is divided, families are broken, hearts are stone cold, yet He remains and His calling on our lives remain. Embolden your girl in the life God has placed her in. Start each day with affirmations. They're a great way for young girls, teen girls, even parents to recognize their self-worth and praise God for the goodness He has bestowed. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so we just are really just trying to pray through it. And God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at afr.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. In studio with me each Tuesday and Thursday is Wesley Wildman, my brother. Glad to have you on with us today. Hey, I'm glad to be on. I was listening to the first portion of y'all's segment while I was preparing for the, my my part of the, of your program, by the way, thanks for letting me be on your program. Absolutely. I mean, you are my brother after all. The only thing I don't <laughs> like about being on your program is that when I work really, really, really hard on my hair. Yeah. And then I have to put these headsets on. and It, it messes it, it up. It messes my hair. So uh, other than that, yeah. other than, is there some alternative? Marty's waving at me. There's an alternative. Well, maybe. one day. But Marty doesn't have hair, so we're good. You know, this is. <laughs> This is the same problem that we have with the TSA. Yeah. You know, we're in 2022. I was going to say 2021. We're in 2022. You know, we got driverless cars, and we're sending people to outer space every other week. Um, but we've still got to take our shoes off, our belt off, <laughs> pull our laptop out of our backpack to go through the TSA line. And they, I mean, come on. you got to have some kind of technology. It's crazy. So yeah. to your point, yeah. one day maybe we can just come in here just and sit. just talk, <laughs> and just, somehow magically the – It'll be in our ears and our yeah. microphone and everything be invisible. I don't know. I like technology, but too much of it for me. I, I like being outside. I like the trees, the the, the river streams. So I we like need to mud, go analog? Maybe yeah. go analog? Yeah, hey, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's too far, though. Hey, I was listening on the first segment, and I appreciate you having me on each Tuesday and Thursday, and I just wanted to add to a little bit before we get into the topics for this segment to what you previously said, and that's that we have countless countless examples in both the Old and the New Testament of Christians 
both walking and chewing gum at the same time. They both evangelized the lost, and they also equipped the saints, and they stood in the gap for even non-Christians at times in the name of righteousness' sakes. And here's just a couple examples. We had Daniel, who stood against sin, specifically the king's immorality, and he became known as a person of integrity who served in government for a long time. You got Joseph, who who influenced the entire land of Egypt, according to God's will. You have Nehemiah, you have Esther, you have John the Baptist, you have Paul, and even, and we'll conclude with this, and the best example of all these is Jesus, Hmm. who went out of his way to correct the Pharisees, who at that time were the political leaders, those who, uh, who came together and gathered and made law and order for their area. He corrected them on many occasions, so... Hmm. And Paul was a great example of that as well. So we have examples of people walking, chewing gum at the same time, and we should not find excuses to avoid difficult uh, conversations and difficult circumstances. One of the things I learned this Sunday at my church from my pastor, he said uh, the the one line that stuck out to me, it's okay for Christians to say, I don't know. Mm. I think sometimes as Christians, we don't have the answer so then we try to avoid it, and we and it's more comfortable not trying to have to research or understand or be able to explain or articulate our positions from a Christian perspective. Therefore, we just avoid it altogether. Avoid it altogether. Yeah. But don't don't. I know that's not our audience, but if it is you, don't let that be you. Uh, also, uh, find a, a very compassionate and, and persuasive way to encourage your friends. Uh, don't beat them if they're not if they're Christians and they're not involved. The last thing you need to do is is shame them for it. Mm. Uh, but make sure that you get in there and you make sure they understand the importance and the value of being engaged once we leave the four walls because it's uh, we have a role as a church of, of pursuing truth, uh, conveying righteousness, and also being uh, evangelizing. That's just part, that's part of the Great Commission. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, there's a couple things I want to get to. There's a couple things you want to get to. We've got a short window here. So what, what are one thing you wanted to yeah, bring well, up? Yeah, well, you've been to China. Yep. Um, with uh, Pastor Ray Pritchard, who's mm-hmm. also on the network here. Yes. Um, uh, but I've, you know, I've got this. I got two stories out of China, and we're not going to get into them in depth. But you, you, you have a a long track record. China does of persecution of Christians, mm-hmm. and they persecute other groups as well. Yes. But the context of today's show, um, I want to talk about the persecution of the body of Christ in China. Um, what? I'm setting this Communist up. China. Yeah, I'm setting this up for further conversation. But what was your experience going to China, visiting other believers? So we went specifically to work with the underground church. That was our uh, effort, and we were able to do. We were able to be very um, effective with that. However, I went eight years ago, and so I talked to Pastor Ray Pritchard, who we went at the time to deliver Christian. Uh, theological and biblical uh, content and a biblical worldview in their language is what we did. And um, we met with several different groups of people in different parts of China from north to south. And I've talked to Ray Pritchard about this since. He's on our board, and we talked at a board meeting. And he uh, quickly reminded me that what we did eight years ago is unacceptable now. Even Even then we were undercover, so to speak. But now, for sure, we can't go uh, again and that's just part of uh, the environment of how quick things have progressed in the wrong direction. 
for our religious liberty. Not that they ever had that in constitutionally, right? Um, but it, it has progressed in the wrong direction in just the last eight years quickly. So I couldn't do what I did then. Now, however, you know that word you use is very interesting. What's that? Progress, yes, because that word, yes, can be used in different uh, contexts. Oh yeah, and different and and in America. The, the liberals are the God-haters or the people who want to take America and turn it into some, you know, pagan uh, uh, you know, mecca. That's right. Want, uh, they say that they're progressive. No, see, They're progressive, but that you got to be very careful with that terminology. Yeah, there's so many terms that we use that are amoral or a, they could be used for either good or bad depending on the context which you mentioned because pr- to progress, to get better at something is a good thing. We all want to get better at something. Yeah, but you're but the definition of you're getting better at something. I'm I'm using I'm using Mississippi layperson terms here. Sure, but you're 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 a person's definition of getting better at something is all contextual to their worldview exactly. and their foundation. That's a good point. So yeah. China, the Chinese government, their the communists, they would say, "Oh, we're progressing. Yeah. We're getting better." Yeah, really, they're clamp, clamping down on the body of Christ. Hey, I'll pile on here for a second because while we were there, we went to and what I'm saying here, you can look it up on. This is no secret here. You can go to any of your search engines. There's a what they call a three-self church, which is a government church. It's a mm. government-run church. And we visited one, and it was my first experience with, with that, obviously. And we left there, and I said to our God, hey, um, I'm not quite following you here. Like, what's the big deal? Like, the guy just preached the gospel. We sang hymns, and we went home. I'm not following you. Like, what's the big problem? Mm. And he said, did you not see all the, the cameras in the back? And I said, cameras? No. He said, yeah, the whole back, back of the church was, was lined with cameras. And he said, not only was the government watching the church service, he said, on top of that, he said, that, ser- that sermon that was preached and the hymns that were sung were already pre-approved by the government. Wow. So, so while I and, was under and, the... And it goes without adding, that's a problem. That's a problem. So the whole idea of freedom of worship versus freedom of expression mm. is two totally different things because even the, the don't be fooled and when they say, look, no, no, we won't, we don't mind you worshiping. Right. We don't mind you worshiping. <laughs> Just they, give us the hymns before you sing. <laughs> exactly. Or don't let, or don't extend that outside the four walls yeah. on, on, on that one hour on Sunday. So uh, the reason we bring these stories up and Walker mentions that is because uh, this is exactly where the progressives, the far lefts want to take us because we know that we've seen this from the pandemic. When they shut down all the churches, all the religious groups, but they had no problem leaving the big box stores open. Exactly. Um, and so th- this is not a hidden uh, a secret here. May not be talked about very much, but we know this is where they're going. Now, for the life of me, it, it just I know this has there's a, there's a, a spiritual underlining here because yeah. it makes no sense to hate the Christian from a from a from a uh, governmental positional view to hate the Christians so much so that this is the degree you would go to when when by and large they by and large they just serve other people they do good deeds right uh, I'm talking about from a non-christian perspective you just look across the church typically just takes care of their needs they go to church they uh by they're, and large, they're 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 not good revolutionists citizens. they're yeah. good citizens good wherever citizens. wherever they are whether it be America or China or other places yeah so silly but, yeah. but the threat to your point about it being a spiritual um a spiritual battle mm-hmm. spiritual warfare is is these these people 
are evil. Ma- yes. Many of these yeah, of these governments and the leaders are evil. Very, yes. And the, and and Christians are a threat to their power. Sure. Because Christians want freedom. Yes. Uh, they want uh, people to have there equal is a opportunity. There, absolutely. And people to have a say in their country and where they live and who their leaders are. Yeah. Um, no doubt. So they've got to. You got to get rid of the Christians so that you can have unlimited power. But uh, remember, as always, uh, to pray for those that are other in other countries that are going through a st- extreme amount of difficulties and persecution, even uh, martyrdom, in, in the name of advancing the gospel. These. The people we met will never back down, and mm. they'll always find ways to advance and spread the gospel. And you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't foresee this ever happening in our lifetime. However, I'm not God, so maybe it will. But I hope that we see um, uh, somehow, some way, and I don't know what it looks like. You know, and there's all types of uh, positions. You know, you get the American Revolution, things like that. How or what? But may, I, hope, I just want to see in my lifetime the the Christians in China to be able to live and worship worship freely without fear of being persecuted by the government yeah it's just uh it's it's not the way god designed it it's not his idea of religious liberty that's so, right uh hey there's another couple of stories i wanted to get to before we come to an end of this segment and that's it you know we talk a good bit on afr and on this program about covid and uh the all in all phases you've got you know this is a good <laughs> clip you got here yeah, yeah. We, this we talk about covid in all different phases we talk about how uh, you know, some therapeutics, some vitamins, you know, how we can treat it because we're not ignoring that it doesn't exist. Sure. Uh, and then we also talk about some of the hypocrisies and how the draconian measures. Um, uh, and I'll get to a couple of those. We'll point those out right before we go to the break. But we have a clip from Dr. Fauci. Clip three here. Uh, is it clip three? Yeah, I got okay. a clip three list okay, clip on the three. rundown. I'm glad you caught that because yeah. I wrote it wrong. All right. Clip three is what we're about to play. Let me set it up and then I'll point to us playing it and that's the remember there were several several sessions where uh dr fauci and Rand paul went toe to toe of and primary one of the main one of the main issues that Rand paul had which he had several which i shared with dr fauci his main thing is that they funded he funded his group funded a gain of re, gain of function research correct and we won yes and he just denied that on multiple fronts through using different definitions, very literally using definitions in which he would change on his own website. Yes. So he would change it to manipulate it so that he can answer the question the way he wanted to answer it. Yeah. Okay. That I know that sounds like a, a, a rabbit hole there, but that's exactly what would happen. Yes. With that said, he repeated over and over again that he did not fund any Wuhan lab or any Wuhan uh, 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 research. Research. Okay. Yeah. With that said, clip three. <laughs> Cause uh, COVID-1 clearly originated in China, and we were fortunate to escape a major pandemic. So we really had to learn a lot more about the viruses that were there, about whether or not people were getting infected with bad viruses. So in a very minor collaboration, as part of a subcontract of a grant, we had a collaboration with some Chinese com- uh, Chinese uh, scientists. And, and what he conflated that is that therefore we were involved in creating the virus which is the most ridiculous majestic leap i've ever heard of that's not much of a leap no hey you notice in that video also um, he also said chinese commu uh Uh, uh, yeah uh, (laughs) you caught that yeah a lot of people missed that yeah a lot of people missed. yeah he almost he almost said chinese Chinese communist communist parties he almost Mm -hmm. said that hey you know 
I don't ever remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rand Paul never looked across him and said, you created the virus. No. He, he said specifically that you were responsible for funding the research of the virus. Which is was accurate. accurate. Which is accurate. Yes. Um, and so he said there, he said, look, he conflates that to say we created it. Yeah. No, he never said you created it. He said that you funded the research of it. And not to mention right there, which is the main point of the clip, is that he admitted right there in that video clip that there was a small, it was a grant, we ha- we used it to right. do good things. You used it, and the, yeah, you know th- so. this uh, this story out of Wuhan, and it's really the this is one of the gr- greatest disservices out of this whole situation that we're dealing with in this country and around the world, is that we we still haven't gotten a clear answer where this virus came from. Yeah, they moved and, on from that pretty quick. Yeah, and yeah. we see that the Trump administration, they looked into it a little bit. I would say not enough. But but they still won't say definitively that it came from the Wuhan laboratory where uh, Fauci and yeah. his whole entity was funding through EcoHealth Alliance. Um, but but that's a, that's a critical question, Wesley, that you would think America and the world should know where did this virus come from? Yeah, you you got to think with all the destruction and the the depression, the 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 um, climb and crime, the uh, the um, breakdown of two hundred thousand business owners. Just I'm not, and the things I'm talking about are just in America, but that was replicated all over the world. Yes, you've got to think that somebody would and and a power would want to get down to the bottom of where this originated in order to. You know, make a point, not, you know, to prevent it from happening again or to right. hold them accountable. Or you would think they would want to get to the bottom of it. But it's just, uh, you know, and and these are examples of where and historically in the past, and maybe we'll get back there in the foreseeable future. I hope so. But this is where America would typically step up from a, um administrative standpoint yes. and fi- get to the bottom of this for the, and, and stand in the gap for the rest of the world yeah. on this. And, 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 and it, it helps folks to understand moving forward as far as America's stance on China and what should be done. Did China let this virus go out of Wuhan, whether on purpose or incidentally? We could let's, but the problem is we can't even have that discussion. Exactly. Yeah. So. And, and and folks, I don't know who in America is against having that discussion. Sure. Why would you be against knowing where the virus came from? Wesley, thanks for coming on. I have enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. All right, AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. Go to AFR.net to listen live or catch the show, the podcast, and we'll be back in a few minutes with the last segment. In honor of the grand opening of the Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation on February 1st, AFA will re-release The God Who Speaks on our new streaming platform and in a special limited edition DVD set. The God Who Speaks, tracing evidence for the Bible's inspiration and authority, was originally released in 2018. This special set includes features like two hours of new footage and a Sunday school curriculum. Learn more at thegodwhospeaks.org. So they asked me to enter my email address, and the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away, sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. 
We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. A vacation with a purpose. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's what some of our folks have called our spiritual heritage tours, which we're going to be doing again in 2022. Let me tell you what we do. We go on a trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. We see early American history there. And then we go to Washington, D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. We do these in June and September. They're perfect weather months in that part of the country. Stephen McDowell, who is a historian and author of America's Providential History, he will be our expert on the trip. So we'll have a historian joining us on these tours. It's going to be a wonderful time together in our nation's capital and in Colonial Williamsburg in 2022. June and September. If you want to go, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Raising Godly Boys with Mark Hancock. A reporter asked Thomas Edison, how did it feel to fail 1,000 times? Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. One of the greatest inventions of the 19th century was a light bulb. But creating the light bulb required lots of trial and error. Failure is a part of life. In fact, it's normal and natural. Even though no one likes to fail, it teaches us to do better and to strive harder as we reach for our goals. Boys need a challenge. Even though trying something new may result in failure, that failure is helping them develop important character traits that are essential for future success. Are you helping your boys learn from failure? Visit Trail Life USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com for practical tips on how to help your boys grow into godly men. Find free resources to help you at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. RaisingGodlyBoys.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the show here on American Family Radio. Uh, Continuing our discussion about the communist Chinese regime, um, this story is out of the Christian Post, and I've really got two stories here on uh, similar topics, but I got one story that says China ramps up new restrictions on Christian content on the Internet first uh, paragraph here of this Christian Post article. The Chinese Communist Party, which has been criticized for targeting Christians and wielding its wielding its power of internet censorship through big tech companies, is putting even more restrictions on the religious freedom of its citizens with a new law regulating online religious content, according to a report. Uh, the new legislation, known as Administrative Measures for Internet Religious Information <laughs> Services, which was promulgated last month, will be enacted on March 1. Um, so this law mandates an Internet Religious Freedom Information Service license for any religious group that wants to disseminate religious content on the Internet in the country of China. Um, so this is this is, of course not new for China, but it's still a problem. Um, another article that I have here is where uh, 
China is threatening Walmart. Why? Because Walmart and Sam's Club, both American-based corporations under the same corporation there, Walmart and Sam's Club, they uh, they banned products from the region where these uh, Uyghur labor camps are and where a genocide has been committed. We've all seen the stories about these forced labor camps that are being run out of China. And, of course, China denies it. America and the world knows it's going on. Um, but the, the overarching focus here that I want to hit on is the same story I said yesterday. You know, you, you look at much of what's made that is purchased in America by consumers, and, and look, my hands are dirty too. I mean, I, you look on something I'm wearing, it's probably going to say made in China. I mean, you look at this Apple device here, you know, it's made in China. Um, so this is a problem that affects many of us, probably actually the vast majority of Americans. Um, and that is major corporations, many of them American-based corporations, um, Walmart, Sam's Club, Apple, you go through the list, the litany of, of companies who have the core of their manufacturing is in China. All right. So. In a sense, from a practical standpoint, these American corporations, some of them who deal actually in the national security industry, um, they are in a sense, to a certain extent, beholden to China. How so? Well, can you imagine if what would happen, and this there have been cases of this, not with this particular scenario, but... Imagine if if Walmart does this and they speak out against the Chinese Communist Party. And then in return, China says, well, okay, we're not manufacturing products for the Walmart Corporation from here moving forward. Anything, everything, clothing, accessories, uh, technology, computers, etc., etc. Can you imagine the blow to the market if China just started cutting off supply chains based on punitively damaging American corporations that spoke out against the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, the effects of that would be devastating. And during the early months of the pandemic, it was highlighted how much of America's pharmaceutical supply chain is tied up in China. And so this is this is a problem for the whole country, and this is really a problem for any country around the world that takes issue with the human rights abuses that the Chinese Communist Party is guilty of. But really, the only effective solution here is that, that America should lead the way in breaking free of this marriage with China. And, and people are on the other side of the radio are laughing right now, especially people who are familiar with, you know, uh, world history and international affairs and how the global economy works. They're laughing, going, Walker, we'll never, um, we'll never divorce from our relationship with China. Okay, it's not going to happen overnight, and it's definitely not going to happen even over one administration. But But I think the overarching national security threat that we face in America 
is from countries like China. From countries like China, because why? How much of our goods and services are we relying on China to provide? You know, we can talk big and bad against Russia. We can talk big and bad against the Taliban. You know, we can go out and sanction North Korea. But here we have China, one of the greatest offenders of human rights abuses. And we're in their we're in their hip pocket. We're in their hip pocket. We're buying the we're getting all of our products made there. They're buying our debt. We're cozying up to them. The Biden family's doing business deals with them. And the list goes on. They've got spies uh, planted in universities. They've got spies planted in the offices of U.S. senators and congressmen and who knows how many spies they have in the national security industry. I mean, to me, that's the glaring problem here. But me talking about it on my show or Frank Gaffney talking about it with the Center for Security Policy or, you know, President Trump talking about it, those are all good. We need to talk about it. Um, but this, in order to effectively counter China, it has to be like an all-in approach, which means we got to get the Democrats to understand this issue, but not just the Democrats. We've got to get the Republicans that have been soft on China to wake up. Because you look at some of the business dealings with um, congressmen and senators Even Republicans that have holdings in China, they have business dealings with the Chinese Communist Party, so on and so forth. I mean, there's conflicts of interest there. Um, But but until we effectively recognize this as a country and then begin developing steps to address it, um, this, this ship that's sailing towards nowhere good is going to continue doing so um, unless the majority of America and our leaders uh, wake up to the threat and the issue that we have uh, being so reliant on one of our largest enemies on the world stays, and that is China. Uh, shifting gears back to the homeland here, I want to play this clip. Uh, this is clip four. This is a Fox News report, uh, one of the hosts on Fox News, talking about how the Biden administration continues to fly illegal immigrants around the country and drop them off in cities and states all around this great land. Clip four, let's listen. Welcome back. Cancel flights are leaving tens of thousands of Americans frustrated and stranded in airports across the country. But at the southern border, illegal migrants have no problem catching a flight. Pennsylvania is the latest state seeing an influx of ghost flights coming in the middle of the night full of illegal immigrants. According to a letter sent to Homeland Secretary by Congressman Dan Moore, Hundreds of illegal migrants have been flowing into Scranton International Airport by U.S. government charter flights. And this isn't the first time we're hearing about it. We heard about similar stories coming out of Jacksonville, Florida, earlier in November. Here now to react is Fox Nation host Tom Lehrer. Well, there you have it. That's a Fox report on the uh, Biden administration continuing to fly illegal immigrants around the country and drop them off in cities. Uh, This is... Not just a Biden problem, this same thing happened under the Trump administration, maybe not at this level, also under previous administrations. This isn't just a Biden problem. This is a Washington problem. This is a White House problem of flying illegal immigrants all around the country. But, you know, there's one glaring issue, one glaring hypocrisy that I see here. 
You know, states at times have tried to intervene when it comes to immigration, particularly illegal immigration. And over and over again, we hear the same thing, and you hear it from all kind of people. Uh, the lawyers and the judges and the politicians, they all say uh, immigration is a federal issue. I mean, look at the Constitution. Immigration is squarely, solely, independently a federal government issue. Talk about the border. Oh, no, no, Texas can't build a border wall. That's a federal government issue. No, uh, a Texas state government, they cannot deport illegal immigrants. No, 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 that's a federal government issue. Look at the Constitution. Look at federal law. And I'm not disputing that because clearly when you look at the law, you look at the Constitution, immigration, both legal and illegal, is a federal issue to be addressed. But but the issue here is that, number one, what happens when the federal government isn't addressing illegal immigration? Who handles illegal immigration when the federal government isn't doing its job? All right, so that's the first question. The second thing is, here we have illegal immigrants being flown into states, cities and states, by the federal government without permission of said governor or said mayor. And somehow that's acceptable. All right? So it's one thing if they're flying all the illegal immigrants from Texas, from Arizona, into Washington, D.C., basically a federal city, and letting the feds take care of it there. But no, no, no. They're taking what's a federal issue and then flying them into states who have no say on immigration and dropping them off in our cities, in our states, with no, when we have no say. We have absolutely no say, and that's clearly a predicament here. It's clearly a predicament because you can't say on one hand that immigration is a federal issue, but we're going to drop them off in your city, in your state, and you, your state can't do anything about it. How does that work? How does that work? That's like saying, for example, immigration is a state issue. Immigration is a state issue. But then we fly them into Washington, D.C., a federal city, and we drop them off, and the federal government has, has no say as to how many illegal immigrants are bringing to Washington, D.C. It wouldn't add up, and that would not be tolerated. You would see how quickly the mayor of D.C. or Congress and congressmen and senators, they would say, oh, if you're going to bring them here, we ought to have a say. If you're going to bring illegal immigrants here and drop them off on our streets, we got to have a say. But when it comes to cities and states, no, no, no. Immigration is a federal issue. But can you take the illegal immigrants? Can we drop them off in your city? Uh, you see the clear, clear hypocrisy um, there. And, and this, is, this is an ongoing issue. And it, it baffles me. It baffles me the lack of urgency and concern from the executive branch. And, and, and you ask yourself, why? Why allow this many people here illegally in this country? And I really don't know the answer to that. There's a lot of factors, and we can talk to somebody about that. Uh, speaking of non-U.S. citizens, this is a stunning report. 
This is from the Christian Post as well. Um, nearly 12,000 non-U.S. citizens may have registered to vote in Texas. This is from an audit, an audit conducted by the Secretary of State. Secretary of State's office in Texas has revealed that while more than 11,000 non-citizens were possibly registered to vote at the time of the 2020 presidential election, votes cast by non-citizens did not affect the outcome of the election. Um, so this is actually a report by the Secretary of State, so not some third party, not some private contractor. This is a report by the Texas Secretary of State on uh, the number of non-citizens that are registered to vote or, or may have been registered to vote in the state of Texas. And um, that's a problem. That's a problem. And and, and many uh, people, even some Republican leaders, they don't want to talk about the 2020 shenanigans that went on at the ballot box. Um, but... It needs to be talked about. It needs to be talked about. Why? Because we should be able to trust that our vote um, is going to the right place and counting towards the right candidate, and only people who are legal are voting. I want to play one more clip here. This is clip five. Listen to Chuck Schumer, the senator, talking about the doomsday scenario of eliminating the filibuster. The bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn what the Founding Fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. We will not let them. They want, because they can't get their way on every judge, to change the rules in midstream, to wash away 200 years of history, they want to make this country into a banana republic where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. All right, so that's Senator Chuck Schumer in 2005 talking about we can't eliminate the filibuster. It holds democracy together. What's he doing this week? He's bringing up a vote to get rid of the filibuster. Hypocrisy, hypocrisy, what's new? The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.